The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. All right, welcome into the Hoop Ball Celtics podcast, everybody, presented by Hoop Ball. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury. You can also find the show on Twitter at Hoop Ball Celtics. Go ahead and get your all updates on any type of show drops and also anything Celtics news related. Also, you can follow me on social media at Ballin Opinions on Twitter. That's B A L L I N. O-P-I-N-I-O-N-S for anything Celtics related as well. If you also had any questions or anything, just shoot them my way. I will be able to help you with that. I'm also on the new Locker Room app pretty often. You can find me there after games, before games, just chatting it up, answering questions, talking talking all types of sports, not just uh, Boston Celtics basketball. But we are coming in here at the Boston Celtics basketball. Happy Easter to everybody out there. I hope you guys had a good day, so, you know, spending it with your family and stuff. But, hey, the Celtics showed up. They had themselves a 30-point win in a 116-86 to uh, to 86 win over the Hornets, who now don't have any more Hayward or uh, LaMelo. You know, they just lost Hayward to a, an ankle sprain. Unfortunately, um, I think he's going to be out for about four weeks now. I think this is one of his first or second games he's missed. So just unfortunately, we didn't get to see some Gordon Hayward uh, revenge type of narrative. This is the first matchup between these teams um, this season. The first of three coming up. Um, I will say that um, I was a I was a kind of expecting a blowout because they just lost Gordon Hayward and they're, they're just kind of shorthanded out. Malik Monk's not playing and Lamelo Ball's hurt, so I was kind of expecting like a like a solid victory today. As long as Boston played somewhat decent basketball, they they should come away with a victory. And riding high after beating Houston, um, just just taking MLK off their back was was really nice. Um, it was cool seeing Rozier, you know. Tito Three Sticks, the man, the myth, the legend, you know, the guy who did the step back and, and talk smack to Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. Yeah, love seeing that guy. Uh, Rosier was returning to Boston. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I mentioned that the Hayward wasn't there because he has, I looked it up, he's out for the next four weeks due to a sprained foot. Um, Hornets are fourth seed right now. Boston is the eighth seed going into this game. They were 1.5 games back, though, from the Hornets. So, not much separating the teams from four through eight in the Eastern Conference right now. So this this matchup is still very important for the simple fact that if it comes down to tiebreakers, the, the Celtics need to take at least two of these three matchups away from the Hornets in hopes that if, you know, it comes down to a tie at the end of the season, that at least we have the tiebreaker because I know that we don't hold a lot of the tiebreakers with, with some of the teams in this area. So with that being said, um... Jalen Brown actually got cleared to play uh, despite having that knee bump last game that everybody was scared about uh, after that in that third quarter. He's fine. He, he came out and played today. As well as we have Romeo Langford, active. Got to play some minutes tonight. We're going to be talking about some stuff like that. Um, the, how, how I break down the, the Celtics on this podcast is I try to go over like some of the good, the bad, give some final thoughts. I, I always do this pregame where I'm like, I, I, go, I just look at things going into the game. 
However, uh, I think I'm going to go with the bad to start today just because there's not as much bad and there's a lot of good. And I just want to keep it like a nice Easter Sunday friendly podcast and, and do the brief bad and we'll jump into a lot of the good stuff. And then we'll talk some uh, some other things as well. Uh, just just kind of have like a, a final point on where we think uh, everything else is kind of falling out through. Um, jumping into some of the bad things we did see. Um, I I know the big reason that we won by so much was because of three point shooting, but in the in the beginning of a game, I'm still not a big fan of starting there. Like I'm okay with working up to that three pointer, but like I'm really not a fan of starting the game just chucking three point shots. I'm I'm all about taking it to the hoop, getting some easy baskets. Watch one fall. Get yourself going with a with a layup or a dunk or a backdoor cut. Not a big fan of how they um, they really settle too often in the beginning. I want to put put pressure on defense. Maybe get somebody in foul trouble. Get some more mismatches on the court. You know, just just show some initiative. That's I, I think that's a big energy thing for me too. Where it's like this team hasn't been known to play with a lot of energy. And I think when you you definitely want to have that energy where they're attacking, attacking, attacking. So I, I'd hopefully um, in the future, just, just in the beginning of the games, it's cool if they end up drawing back out to the three and it's within the offense and they're getting open looks. I'm cool with the shot. Yeah, you can shoot 100. If if 100 shots of the game are open threes, I'm okay with taking only threes. The thing is I still want you to penetrate the paint, and I feel like sometimes they don't penetrate the paint. So um, I also wasn't very happy in the beginning with the defense. It did uh, end up being a lot better down the line. Uh, however, I thought that they were out of position a lot in those first quarter and a half, and there was a lot of moments where they didn't didn't play really really solid defensively. And we got to find a solution to take away the ability of teams to just uh, continuously attack Kemba Walker on the defensive side. This man gets abused, abused. I'm talking like every possession. It doesn't even matter who it is. It could be the fifth option on the offense, but they're attacking Kemba Walker every single time down the court. That's a problem. That's going to be a huge problem. And it's also going to come down to my final thoughts topic, which is going to be talking about like the the closing lineups and, and what I have in suggestions and stuff. So, But we'll save that for the end of the podcast. Um, the reason, one of the reasons I wasn't too happy with the whole shooting and settling right off the get-go, I mean, the Hornet shot 4-4 four, four from 3 right off the rip. And that's great. They were getting good looks. They were penetrating and kicking it out and getting open shots. And Terry Rozier was being Terry Rozier. And it was going crazy. And they were hitting every shot. Cool. And then you got the Celtics who went 1-8 of eight to start. And Tatum was 0-4-3 in that first. All of his shots were from deep in the first quarter. He didn't shoot one shot inside the three-point line. And that's that's just been his M.O., man. I, I We talk about Tatum a lot. I, I'm especially critical of him because I think he settles too much in his game. He, he does – he how do I explain this? He definitely gives the defense, like, a break in the sense that he doesn't attack mismatches as well as he should. He'll do a couple dribbles and try to sidestep three and shoot over him if it's a mismatch. And it's like, did you really take advantage of your mismatch there? Or could you have maybe drove past the guy because you're longer and faster and stronger? Like, th- there's just some things you got to pick apart here. I think he needs to be a lot better at 
they're really abusing them on on like mismatches rather than settling he he definitely buys out the defense and and makes them not have to work as hard on the defensive end even when they get the switches on them so just that's just something i would like more from tatum personally um it's kind of a hot take i guess you can say um some people have not really liked that take as much but that that's my take to it oh, sorry there um also uh i lived i liked uh i didn't really like uh celtics isoing too much later in that second quarter off switches it, it seems that's that's the thing i dislike about i think tatum and brown's game at this point in their careers is that they'll literally get a screen and get say a opposing power forward or center on them and they just get into like this all right let's iso this i'm gonna take advantage of this. i'm not saying don't take advantage of the mismatch but i think they settle too much and that's that's where the issue comes. And it's like, cool, yeah, you got the center on you, but what good is it if you're creating two feet of space and then pulling up from three on a contested shot? If anything, the center contesting you on a three is going to be more difficult than the guard that's probably your height or the wing player that's your height or, or smaller. Like I don't want a guy who's like six eleven putting his long arms in front of me, and, and it, I just feel like it makes him more of a difficult shot, and you're settling for those more difficult shots. So, um, really not a fan of that. Uh, also, just some unnecessary fouls at times. Uh, to in that second quarter, there was there was just fouls. It's like you're in the bonus, and you just can play straight up defense, and, and you bail people out by just doing like very sloppy fouls where you're just not moving your feet and instead you hit them on the arm with your your hand or something like that and i just want to see them more on the defensive side to be more disciplined and stay just stay true to their defense man just keep your hands up slide be in good position practice being in good position if they hit a shot over you cool man that's fine let them hit a shot over you but make it difficult. Like, make them feel you. That's all I'm saying. Just don't have to foul them to make them feel you. That's that's not what has to happen there. Um, as far as the bad things, that really wraps that up. Because going into halftime, Celtics were up 15 and pretty much had the game put away. Um, third quarter was just them extending the lead and doing a lot of good things, which I'll break down right now. Uh, Jalen Brown had a solid first quarter, uh, despite being in some pain with that hip. He did uh, have a little fall at some point in this game, and it was during either the first quarter or the second quarter, and he landed on his hip, and you could see him grimace in pain. I'm just really concerned with him playing through all these injuries. Like, is he ever going to get healthy for the playoffs? Like, I get it. We're fighting for, like, seeding right now. And we need to really ramp it up, especially during like an easy stretch like this. But maybe us getting an Evan Fournier gives us the opportunity to maybe rest Jalen Brown a few games coming down the stretch or finding ways to not use him as much. Mm. I just, I'm not a big old fan of, of Jalen Brown being pushed right now. He has this glaring hip issue right now and then he also has that that knee that has tendonitis in it and he's been struggling with that constantly but um just going to be looking a lot to 
be able to free up Jalen Brown a lot more from having to put so much workload on him, especially on the offensive side. Fournier's been really coming around and and starting to show like, hey, yeah, I, I can I can be here and I can get consistent buckets off the bench and, and, and provide an extra scoring boost that the Celtics have been really missing this year. And um, I just I want to see less Jalen Brown while he gets healthy. I just want a healthy Jalen Brown. That's all I want, man. And I'm, I'm terrified that he is going to go into the postseason and not be 100%. And then, like, how much longer are you going to keep pushing yourself and you can maybe do an extent to the injury? And, and that becomes more problematic. And, and long longer down the line, you're like, you know, there's a lingering injury now. So just, just something to think about on that perspective. Romeo Langford, baby. He is alive. He is real. He played. He only got 12 minutes tonight, but he did show the ability to defend still. We all knew he was elite defender. We saw some of that in the bubble last year, and he still has the defense ability. I, I mean, you go back and look at that 10-minute 47 point of that second quarter. Romeo went straight up under the rim on a help after a player literally spun and got right to the rim and looked like it was going to be an easy dunk and he goes up there and blocks it man and then right before he blocked that shot on the offensive end he got um, the ball off of a off ball screen at the top of the three point line and just buried a three so those are the type of flashes that Celtics fans are probably salivating over because they're like man we got Evan Fournier and Romeo Linkford now and if Romeo Linkford can start hitting shots down like this whole team is a different team when they're healthy, and people have forgotten about that because they haven't been healthy. And I understand that they're like, oh, that's just an excuse, that's just an excuse, but it's a damn good excuse. It's legitimate. They have not been healthy. Like, this team is has been fighting the health. COVID's hurt, hit this team a lot. Injuries have hit this team a lot. Like, they're fine back. We're still waiting on Tristan Thompson to come back from COVID. And people are like, yeah, well, Robert Williams. But like, yeah, but, like, imagine that, you know, Robert Williams can still keep his starting position. And if he doesn't keep his starting position, he can still keep his starter-like minutes. And you switch him and Thompson out there, and it's it's a different dynamic of players. Like, it, it could help the Celtics a lot. So... I just want to see the, this team get a lot more healthy and, and get more consistent. I don't want to be see anybody else on minute restrictions or anything like that. Um, I, I think uh, that would be great for the team moving forward, and that's just something I'm really looking forward to at this point. Um, let's see here. Evan Fournier was still hot. Like He, he came into this game and just... he Oh, man. He was on fire. He even had like an and-one three-pointer at that... 634 mark of that second quarter. He was fantastic. I I just think that addition of Fournier has been it's been ideal. It's been what we've been asking for and I'm happy that the Celtics have acquired him for what they did and, and he's really showing like hey, yeah, I'm I'm here to help you guys. I'm here to make us elevate this team and knock down open shots. We haven't had a guy off the bench been able to do that. And even if he ends up starting for some reason down the line or anything like that, I'm okay with that too. Like, that's cool. Yeah. What did he have? He had 22 minutes. He had 17 points in those 22 minutes off the bench. That is something that the Celtics have, have needed. He tied for the game high in points. Or no, no, sorry. He's second. He tied for second most points in the game, and he only played 22 minutes. 
That's fantastic. Uh, the Celtics ended that second quarter um, with that 11-4 run. Thought that was really good. Uh, really came together there. Pushed that lead out despite not shooting the great greatest in that first quarter, especially for particularly from like a Kemba Walker and Tatum, um, who both were 0 of 6 in the first half from 3. That's a combine of 0 from 12. So not, not good shooting there in that first half by those two. Also, uh, Celtics had three turnovers to the Hornets' nine. That's a big gap. Six turnovers is a big gap. And I thought the Celtics did a good job of protecting the ball. They caused ended up causing 17 turnovers to the Celtics' six. And I'm pretty sure that, like, two of those turnovers out of the six came in garbage time from the bench units, like the Taco Falls and Tremont Waters and Carson Edwards. You know, like, the, I feel like those those shouldn't even count. And the ones we got during those time periods shouldn't count either. But overall, they, they protected the ball really well, extremely well. Like, um, that's just not something that's been the M.O. of the Celtics. In that first half as well, they had 19 bench points compared to Charlotte's 13. So the bench is outscoring the opposing bench. That's a very rare sighting for Boston this season. It's something that we needed to definitely be better at, and I think Fournier is is elevating that aspect of the Celtics right now. Um, Celtics came out of that of that first half to the start that third quarter, they were hustling on both ends. The energy levels are up, and they look like a team that wanted to put this game away and just put the nails in the coffin and, and go home. They didn't let up. It was nice to not see them, you know, take their foot off the gas pedal and to really keep their foot on the necks of the opponent and, and put them away. This is the type of team that we were expecting. They should be blowing out teams like this. That if you're shorthanded and the Celtics are out here with their stars and playing, like they should be able to put you away. And they did a good job tonight of doing that. Um, Tatum actually was a monster in that third quarter. He legit just was hitting every single shot. The third quarter seems to be Tatum's favorite quarter for some reason lately. But um, he had a... A nice little stretch where he had seven straight points for Boston in that quarter, and he just couldn't be stopped, man. It was just he had an exclamation point to uh, in the third quarter uh, in that game, and he had like this uh, dribble, 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 and then he like shook the defender, defender fell, and he took a little step to the left and knocks down a three right at the buzzer of the third. Just. Really, like, putting an exclamation point on, on the Celtics uh, game at that point. The game was over. The Jalen Brown didn't even take another step on the court in that fourth quarter. Thank God. Uh, watching him out there hobbling, it was not, not a good time, man. Makes me stress out over over Jalen Brown, man. Just want that dude to be healthy. Um, the big takeaway, the fourth quarter, uh, didn't talk a lot about the fourth quarter. reason I don't take a lot, talk a lot about the fourth quarter because it was all garbage time. Um, it was cool to see some taco time. He had a nice little up and under move at the basket. You know, taco is uh, very encouraged by Boston fans. I thought the crowd was was great when the, they saw Taco get up, man, and, and you you felt the energy in the building. Uh, I know the Celtics are only allowing a twelve percent capacity as far as fans in the building, but this twelve percent is always heard, and they always are yelling for Taco. Taco got a solid five minutes there. The last five minutes of the game he played, and he he did his thing, man. It was it was a, a taco time. You also saw some Aaron Neesmith in that last few minutes. 
didn't score. Uh, Peyton Bridge was solid. Uh, he really good at controlling the pace of the game. He, he's really feisty on the defensive side. Thought he did a lot of good things. Um, Fournier, once again, 17 points. The highest plus minus on the Celtics at 24. Wasn't really close for anybody else. Uh, Smarthead was a plus 18. Uh, Robert Williams with another solid game. 16 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 1 block. He did have five fouls tonight, but he was he was really doing a lot everywhere. He was seven of nine from the field, so not nine of nine, but he missed two shots this time. But he knocked down two free throws, two of two. Uh, he had a couple good post moves where he finished, man, and I, I was really impressed by his ability to fight through contact and and make a tough post move shot. And I think if he continues to develop that part of his game, it's going to really elevate his ability to even be better for the Celtics. Like having a post threat would be absolutely amazing and I hopefully he's able to really work on that part of his game and develop it. Um Kemba Walker, he had a struggling game. It wasn't his best game. He had twelve points. He did have six assists. He led the team in assists, so was able to still create for others. He was two of nine from deep and five of twelve from the field. Tatum again, you know, had start off that game really slow. Ended up going three of nine from from deep, so he ended up hitting his next three three pointers after missing his first six. Three of four from the line, he had eight rebounds, four assists, plus minus of sixteen, twenty two points, eight of fifteen from the field, really solid. Jalen Brown was really solid, six of thirteen, five of eight from deep. He's been shooting that three ball really well. Seventeen points, plus fourteen, and he had six rebounds and one assist. So solid there by Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Four of seven from three, you know, four of eight from the field. When when Marcus Smart hits his jumpers, man, it, it, it really opens up that offense a lot more. He had 12 points, four assists. So good to see Marcus Smart not super struggling from the three-point line like he has been the past few games, but really turning around. Celtics shot a total of 38.9% from deep, hitting 21 of 54 three-pointers attempted. It's a lot of three-pointers attempted, a lot. Um, they were 43 of 94 from the field. That's 45.7%. And they only shot 11 free throws tonight, which was crazy. And, and compared to the Hornets, who shot 20, the Hornets didn't really take advantage there. They had only hit 12. I will shout out Terry Rozier. He was 8 of 19 from the field, had 22 points, led the Hornets. There was only two other guys that scored more than 10 points, though, on the Hornets. Uh, Bridges had 10, and Graham had 11. Everybody else on that team either had seven points or less. So a team that really struggled to score uh, a lot of effects. Also, Boston just was locked in on the defensive side, man. It was it was impressive. Uh, it was like one of their best defensive games that they've had all season. Um, knock on wood, hopefully that works uh, works out going forward. We also saw some uh, Brad Watermaker. He played 18 minutes for... The Charlotte Hornets, uh, three of seven from the field, one of two from the free throw line, over three from deep. He had seven points. You know, it was cool to see him. You know, back in Boston after he spent the last two seasons with us. So, shout out to Brad Wanamaker there. Um, but yeah, that that kind of caps all the good stuff here for us. Uh, going into some final thoughts here is I I just want to know like the the thing is with these past like three four games is when we first got Fournier right. His first game was a second game of a back-to-back, so there was no Kemba Walker. 
So then the next game was the Jalen Brown leaves in the third quarter, bumped his like knee or something like that. So he left. Then you have the Houston blowout game. So we, we throw in the reserves to end the game. And then you had this game where we blow them out and you throw out the reserves like in the whole fourth quarter. What is the Celtics closing lineup? We don't know yet. And I have some theories on what it should be and what I think it's going to be. Um, I obviously think it's going to be matchup based for one. That's gonna that's gonna be the ultimate factor. So if you're going against a big man like a Joel Embiid, then you're gonna see Robert Williams or slash Tristan Thompson when he's healthy. However, if you're not going against a Joel Embiid esque type center in the league, if you're going more against a hybrid stretchy big man like a Brooke Lopez or a maybe not even a Brooke Lopez, but maybe like a Christian Wood that we faced in Houston or a Nets team who has like a DeAndre Jordan of some sort where he's not really a post threat. I would love to see the Celtics go small. And I think they would go a Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Fournier. And you can have Marcus Smart bully big men that don't know how to post. Like he he has that ability. Marcus Smart can give big men trouble. He can guard in the post and push them out. He's strong enough. So I and I think that would cause a lot of mismatches on the offensive side for them when they're like pushing the ball and it's like everybody there can shoot, everybody can spread the court, and there's a lot of playmaking available to them, and it just brings them to a whole new level. So it'll be interesting to see. I think they end up going probably with a Ikemba Smart. Jalen Tatum, Robert Williams, majority of nights because that's just what I've I get the perception of. But that means you're you're benching Fournier in the closing lineup, and that's just to me sometimes is like he might be the best three point shooter on this team, the most consistent shooter, steady shooter on the team. I understand that Tatum and Brown are really good and they can create for themselves really well, but like coming off screens and stuff like that, Fournier just needs a little, you know little opening and he can hit pretty much a lot of a lot of threes especially when he's in rhythm so it'll be interesting to see what type of complications come down the line as far as that goes um but yeah you know, tweet at me um at ball and opinions and, and and really throw me some crazy lineup ideas that you guys have or or some type of things that some hot takes as far as you the closing lineups you think is going to end up happening that brad uh, might end up uh experimenting down this line because he's got to figure this out before the playoffs come um also one i wanted to note one thing uh from this game that i really loved i absolutely love the fact that no starter played more than 30 minutes none jason tatum had a nice easy 28 minute night and he him and smart led the the team in minutes with 28 Robert Williams, 25. Kevin Walker, 26. Jalen Brown, 26. Fournier, 22. Pritchard, 17. Langford had 12, guys. Langford had 12. That's amazing. Love to see him get some stints out there, man. But, yeah, I'm really excited for for the next matchup between the Sixers to get some Rob Williams versus some Joel Embiid. A lot of trash talking and everything like that. That's going to be a good time. Uh I'm really excited for that matchup. They play on Tuesday. We'll be welcoming them into the garden. So I, I hope everybody here 
I had a wonderful Easter. I'm going to wrap this up right now. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallCeltics. That's HoopBallCeltics, all one word. You can also follow me on Twitter at BallinOpinions. That's B-A-L-L-I-N-O-P-I-O-N-I-O-N-S. All right. Um, If you also have any questions or anything, you can always shoot them at me. Please go and rate the show on Apple Podcast where you're listening, wherever you're listening this from. Please just go rate, review, write me a, a message. You can write about how dumb my lineup is. You can write me how you like my show or whatever. But just just write something. Make sure you uh, give us a five star review. And uh, yeah, guys, I will see you guys next time after the Tuesday matchup between Joel B and those Sixers. I hope you guys have a good night. Happy Easter. Later.